Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 86, and boy, do we have plenty and plenty of news to talk about. We have all things Aguilas del America in regards to this week. We have those two matches to talk about in regards to Tigres and Pachuca. We'll talk about the Lady Aguilas. We'll talk about transfer rumors, and we'll talk about the Atlas game and plenty of plenty stuff in between that. But before I get carried away let me introduce as always my co-host mr christian rosendo christian how are we doing excellent today just got done doing accounting homework so my brain's a little fried but i should be good to go nice so now we, homework. Now we know who's gonna be taking care of the uh pods financial situation I already do. Don't worry. Nice, nice. And you guys may have already heard and already seen her. Today we are joined by a special guest, first time on the pod, and uh, a, a good friend of ours. It is none other than Footmix Nation's own Miss Amy. Amy, how are we? I'm good. I'm so happy. I'm happy to be on, but like I was telling them before we started recording, so I haven't owned an actual America jersey probably since like 2009. So I always, I told myself that if I ever accepted an invitation to the pod, I would have my America jersey, but I don't. I'm a failure, but I'm still excited to be on the pod. So it's cool. <laughs> no failure at all. It's it's glad to have you on here. We've, we've had a little bit of scheduling issues before in the past, but uh, glad that we were able to make this happen. I know that uh, we're... Uh, uh, we almost we almost had another scheduling issue the t- the today tonight. I'm not gonna lie, Ivan. So let's just be happy to my babysitters who agreed to watch the kids a little bit longer. I felt like I was like, if I if I flake on him one more time, I'm gonna be like, do you guys watch Park- yes. Parks and Rec? You know how Ben keeps like rejecting yes. the job offer from that one county firm. I'm like, I'm gonna turn into Ben at that point. Like, it's just gonna become a gag. So let's thank the babysitters for watching the boys Alrighty. a little bit longer. Thank you to the babysitters. We're gonna send them a nice box of gancitos for their troubles. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We're gonna have plenty to talk about uh, in regards to all things Las Aguilas de America. For those of you wondering where our famous cowboy, Mr. Dylan Jimenez, is at. Unfortunately, he could not join us today. Uh, it is uh, He's a little bit busy, preoccupied with first day of school. So, you know, moving day and all that stuff. So uh, we want to wish him a uh, happy back-to-school day now that he's back at Hogwarts. Um, what do you think he is? Uh, you think he's he's, he's, uh, he's <laughs> House Gryffindor, House Hufflepuff? He's more like a Hufflepuff for me. I don't know. What do you think? Nah, he's a, he's a, I would say a Ravenclaw. You think he's a Ravenclaw? Like, he, he's 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 got that Ravenclaw vibe because you know, like Ravenclaws are like the, like the like undisclosed like, like like really cool ones. Like like Hufflepuff's kind of got that like respect aspect of it. Gryffindor is obviously like the big top dog. Slytherin's like the anti thing. Like he's got that Ravenclaw vibe. I say Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw it is. Well, we'll have to find out next week's podcast. Dylan, you're gonna have to tell us what house were you uh, were you chosen in. So. We'll have to wait and see, but shout out to our, our famous cowboy who's doing the most over there down in Hogwarts. And, uh, well, without further ado, you guys ready to jump into what uh, this crazy week of action has been for the Islas del America? Yes. All right, let's yes. jump straight into it. Actually, let's uh, let's address a little bit of a player that uh, has left the squad and has migrated all the way to Europe. Now that we're talking in regards to Hogwarts, uh, a player by the name of Edson Alvarez, who played today <laughs> in uh, the Champions League playoff, uh, Ajax ended up winning that game 2-0. But before uh, that second goal from Tadic went in, Edson Alvarez scored what uh, a lot of people are calling a very Rafa Marquez-esque header 
type to put uh, Ajax up 1-0. I don't know if you were watching that game, Christian, Amy. I believe, uh, I don't know if you were watching it either, but I, it was all over Twitter. No, yeah, I was trying. I, I was keeping a tab on it because I was I was kind of occupied, so I was keeping a tab. But I definitely, as soon as I got the notification that he scored, I went back and watched it and watched the remainder uh, as much as I could for the remainder of the game. But I mean, the debut Champions League match and to get a goal is just like he said it himself. It's the it's a dream come true. It's absolutely a dream come true. And I know I always go back to it, and maybe it's a little bit of a humble brag, but I still remember him in Russia after he scored that own goal completely down I mean we were all down in the dumps but you know like him I could see him from my seat and he was just completely heartbroken and to see him have this growth so much as a player and get emotional in this way in such a positive way you know even when they were playing the anthem he was just incredibly like in the moment he's like he's trying to calm himself down not get too overly emotional and it worked out for him He's off to a great definitely start. Definitely is, definitely is. Christian, your take on Edson Alvarez and his uh, his opening uh, opening days in the Champions League? Oh, it's great to see. Oh, it's great to see us as America fans. We love to see our player just blossom into that. And like Amy said, last year, from being voted into the worst eleven at the World Cup and just the year that that uh, that he uh, he's had, it's it's amazing to see. And you know, I hope this is uh this is the start of something amazing. Definitely, for definitely. Well, much love to the machine out there in Europe. Hopefully, this is a uh, a prelude of uh, important things to come for him in his career out there. And uh, what a better way to announce yourself than uh, with a Champions League goal for a very important game in which now you've helped your team qualify into the play into the group stage match. So should be interesting to see who they draw. And um, mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, and we'll keep you guys updated on all that tomorrow. stuff. Yeah, it is tomorrow. So we'll we'll have you guys updated with everything in regards to Edson Alvarez and his uh, future in the Champions League. Just make sure you guys do follow us at Resaca America US, and you guys will be up to date in that on all things. So without further ado, now let's jump into the actual news of Las Aguilas del America. So let's start off. Well, let's start off where we left off last week, Christian. America versus Tigres. We said this was a game in which America needed to walk away with a result. Three points was exactly what we wanted, although one point is everything we got in that game um i I don't know what's your take on it i mean we are we were pretty patched up uh maybe a little bit less than we were patched up against pachuca but it was a game in which where i think um you gotta admit america didn't look good at all you kind of felt that there was no answer to this uh america attack but fortunately enough there was a goal that came kind of out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. america walks away with a 1-1 draw also the debut and return of guillermo cho in goal yeah. yeah, no. First of all, I think that's that kind of highlights the whole thing is that we we couldn't get the victory for Ochoa, but it's nice to see him back in the in in net. Now, in terms of the game, like you said, I don't think we played well. I think Tigres kind of kind of t- took over that whole match, and I think they won the midfield battle, which was key. And when they win that midfield battle, you see them just take over the game, control the game, play their game, and uh, how they wanted uh, how they wanted it to to be. Um, to be played throughout the whole the whole ninety minutes, and I think they they achieved that. Yeah, I think they did. Amy, what was your take on this game? Um, you know, a Tigres side that looked more than favorites to get you know the victory against America, uh, but you know somehow America was able to control the game, or maybe just find themselves a little bit more fortunate on not to not be on the receiving end of some of uh, some of those dangerous uh, attacks from Tigres, and to still walk away with a with a draw. Yeah, I feel like that's the that's the kind of the theme this this season so far. You know, it's kind of not so much that they don't deserve the results because there's work that's done that that results in those results that leads to those results, right? 
But I mean, it's it's that's kind of the overarching theme. I mean, you saw it. I mean, we're not gonna, we haven't touched on it yet. We're going to touch on it against against Pachuca too. But it it kind of leaves you wanting more, and I think that's the disappointment in both of these matches, right? You're you expect more. You see those moments where you can have more, and yet it just doesn't happen. I think with Tigres, it was a little bit different than the match we saw yesterday because Tigres ended up scoring early. You know, it was it was a very good goal, and then you saw America fight back and get the result. Where yesterday it was uh, kind of like the over the the opposite end of that, right? You saw the fight, you saw the fight early, and then they blew it at the last minute. So I I don't know. I just I feel like you're just in this kind of theme of of we need to expect more there should be more but they also are still undefeated so it's i don't know it's it's a very complicated situation you find them in it is complicated it is and you know funny enough that you mentioned that amy that uh, there there is this kind of sense of there sh- we're expecting more we need to see more from this team um in these past two games i've actually I've kind of gone into these two not expecting much from the team, to be honest. I feel like because of so much injuries, because of so much, uh, you know, youngsters having to come in and fill in gaps, I kind of just go into these games and I wonder, okay, I know I'm not going to get the best football. I'm probably going to get a lot of mistakes within, uh, you know, every position that we have out there. I-, I don't know. I think expectations aren't as high, but they are at the same time because you're still America. You still... You- well, that's what I'm saying because you'll see... Yeah, yeah sorry to interrupt you, but you'll see, like, chances missed or chances blown that you're just kind of like that could have that could have changed the game significantly so yeah there's there's the weight of all these changes that have happened so much at this point in the season but then you'll see these like little glimmers of hope that makes it really frustrating to watch yeah no and and i think if if you go back to you know not just these past two games but i think this whole season there's moments in which i think are our final third uh, decision making hasn't been that great, and I think those are those moments in which you talk about where things could have projected to be much better, but unfortunately, because of the poor decision making, it 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 just doesn't pan out for us in in that department. Um, but interesting that you mentioned that, Christian. Anything else that that you saw in this game that you kind of want to you know point out or take away from? Well, normally in the game, you you uh you you kind of analyze the game throughout and you see where you're lacking whether, whether it be the the attack or the midfield and usually bring on a sub to kind of to kind of better your chances going forward but as we've seen in the past games you know our sub our bench has been very 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 young and the players who who haven't been tested and it's it's a little bit disappointing to see that the majority of these youngsters aren't taking advantage of the opportunity given to them and that kind of that kind of worries me a little bit going forward, you know, because we don't know when another injury will happen, like the one today, you know, and we don't know when these players will get better. So these youngsters will will keep getting these opportunities, and for them to not be, you know, taking advantage uh, of them on a consistent basis is a little worrying going forward, in my opinion. Yeah, interesting. What do you, what was your take on that, Amy? About these youngsters, these babies getting the shot, but not looking like they're taking full advantage of it. I, I, I kind of disagree, but I also see his point because I mean, you did see Lopez get a goal yesterday. You have right. seen Cordova. Mm-hmm. You have seen Cordova kind of step up here and there and, and get and, and get a goal of his own. So I, it just adds to that theme. It's just so incredibly frustrating to mm-hmm. to see it kind of. You kind of think back to the beginning of the season and and all this potential that this team had, and then all these changes that are being made, and you just don't know how to react. I mean, I go back to the fact that they're still undefeated, given all these 
diff different cycles of changes that are happening that you're almost kind of I'm all the thing that's worrying me is that there's going to be a point where they're going to lose and I'm just wondering how bad that loss is going to ha- how bad that loss will be well uh, hopefully it's not uh it's not too bad well we'll see I'll, I'll make a prediction as to what, what team we're going <laughs> to lose like, against well, but um I I who knows could you imagine what the what what the headlines would be at the end of the season if America goes throughout all these jornadas and still manages to somehow stay undefeated with everything surrounding this club imagine what you know what future us would be saying to us right now in regards to you know the team and 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 these kids and everything that you said was surrounding the club and all these question marks but it'd be interesting to see but um i think it's a good thing that christian notes some of these youngsters out i I think they're gonna have a lot of responsibility now for these upcoming games because now you have players that are going to be out for more than just a week more than just a game you know obviously the international break is coming up which is probably going to do wonders for this america side because you potentially get back players like giovanni dos santos and nicolas benedetti um which i think would add a lot more to this uh you know front side which i think needs a little bit more creativity we're reluctant on roger a bit too much and you know i don't mm-hmm. think he's be uh, I, I think he's capable of, of of you know pulling us you know to to the victory land but i think he needs a little bit more resources and just what he's been getting out you know uh and kind of touching on what you said about the youngsters i think kind of bouncing off of what we started with you know i think yeah maybe they're not performing to the potential that they have or performing to you know the expectations that people have but they need to be motivated because they're going to see the end result of playing to their capabilities because we've just seen the shit. I mean, Edson's a perfect example of that. You work hard, you do your due diligence, and that's mm-hmm. who you could potentially be. So I think, um, and America has been kind of called the kind of team that's doing that at this point right now, That right? They're they're kind of cycling out players. Um, whether What motivation is in that cycling, you know, is up for debate. But these young players will have that as a site as a kind of motivation and as a reminder like you do your job here you do what you're supposed to do and you'll you'll end up going there yeah definitely i mean there's plenty of stories that you know come out of that you know from ochoa to Diego reyes to raul jimenez and now you know edson and, and linus there's obviously been you know candidates for 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 players to look at and and to see and to look up to and aspire um but i think you're right amy i think I think they need, do need to be motivated. And it's something that even Guillermo Ochoa said last night uh, in, in the mix zone. He said to uh, to the press when, when asked about some of the youngsters, he said, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have to give them, you know, our support. You know, Piojo's giving them the support. Now it's uh, it's going to be up to us on the pitch to support them as well. And, you know, as long as they can, you know, step up to the moment and they can, you know, perform to the expectations, then he said, I don't see why why they can't be they can't be important players for us in, in these upcoming matches. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to know. Uh, but besides that, uh, going back to the Tigres game, uh, I, I look at what America did and didn't do. And I I think the tactics were kind of plain and simple. It was hold off, sit back, try to close off spaces and try to get something on the counterattack. I, I don't know. Do you agree with me, Christian? Or do, do you think Piojo was trying to play at it differently? Mm, I think he tried to match the intensity for some points of the game, but... Uh, like I said, Tigres just overall won the midfield battle, and that was kind of hard to do. So eventually, it did go into that kind of kind of tactic. And I mean, in the end, we got we got the draw. So I guess it worked out in the in a sense. I mean, ultimately, if 
before you even knew anything, before the season even happened, and you knew that you were going to play at the Volcan, and if someone had guaranteed you a draw walking away out of the Volcan, would you have signed that at the beginning of the season? Probably not. Probably not. Really? No. Yeah, I agree. No, I, agree. No, I, agree. I think at the start of the season, we we have the better squad. We we just look better than Tigres overall at the beginning. So I think we could have walked out with the victory. I there. would have been content with it. A... Is this pre? Is this pre or post? Uh, uh campeon de campeones. This is, this is pre <laughs> campeon de campeones. Pre pre campeon de campeones. Okay. I would have been content with it. Yeah. I'm I'm so yeah. content with the draw. I I, I think we're, we're I mean, lucky enough to walk. Given away. the circumstances now, now yeah, now. now it doesn't look that doesn't look too bad. But before I I would have given America I would have given America the win. So uh, last question in regards to this game, and then we'll jump on to the Pachuca one. Uh, obviously, the big the big call for this game was the fact that it was going to be Guillermo Ochoa's debut. It was going to be Ochoa versus Gignac and everything surrounding this game. Uh, how did you guys see Ochoa's uh, first couple of uh, minutes? Well, not first couple of minutes. How did you guys see Ochoa's first 90 minutes under goal? Unfortunately, unable to get a clean sheet. But, I mean, from what you guys saw, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Amy. What was your take on uh, Guillermo Ochoa's return to Las Aguilas del América? Uh, like I said, I kind of watched it on and off that particular game against Tigres. Um, I thought he did well considering uh, I, I said it on the Mexican soccer show. I think it was, yeah, Monday. Um, I just thought it was interesting how they kind of, I mean, you said it, but you're saying it as a point of fact, right? He left the game as a, without a clean sheet. I just felt like there was like a sensationalism towards him getting scored on so early in the match, given it was such a, it was a good goal. You can't deny that goal. You have a goal. I mean, you have the goal like yesterday that there's nothing he can do about that because he's going in another direction. And then, you know, there he is to just get Eric Aguirre's cross. But I, I thought he did well considering. I mean, there's a lot of mistakes like that that were avoided. Is it because he's on the great season so far, too? Um, but I think he did well. I think it was great. I think obviously, like uh, Christian and you have mentioned, it was the highlight of the match, right? I, it was the highlight of the season since he signed, or it's like been the highlight since he signed. I mean, the, the game he didn't even play, there was a giant billboard outside the Azteca. So, <laughs> So, I mean, um, I think he did well considering. I, I still am kind of weirded out about the fact, in a good way, obviously, that he's again in an America jersey and he's playing the Liga Mekis. But, I, yeah, I, th- I think he did okay considering. Christian, your uh, your take on Memo Ochoa's return? Pretty much the same thing. I think he did well. I don't think he could have done anything on that on that goal by uh, by Quinones. It was, a, it was a golazo, to say the least. But I still think uh, he, he can improve, though. Uh, and I think we saw that, you know, he still lacks a little bit of chemistry, but that's given, though, because he doesn't know these players yet. So I think with time, I think we'll, we'll be able to, to see Ochoa at his, at his top form. But, but his first game, though, I think he did, he did all right. Wanting him to get chemistry with his back line, yet his back line is continuously going to be changing for these next couple of games. Which is, which is the, it's the, the, the major problem as well. Also, we'll add this last thing. Uh, that goal he conceded, he, uh, he actually tips it onto the post. Mm-hmm. So just if you know, it's one of those things. It was a good hard shot. Ivan's giving us that goalkeeper analytic, like know, actually, I guys, see. like will actually. He, he probably yeah. took that goal and just analyzed <laughs> it piece by piece, frame by frame. I did. I he saw. There's a perfect angle in the back in which he. You see he got. This. He got a friend. He's like, all right, no, come here. Look, stand over here. Like, take the shot. I'm going to throw myself. Like, I need to show you what happened. I will. You guys will see plenty of those breakdowns throughout the season, for uh, for whenever Ochoa does concede. And by the way, it's what, all right. I- 
I'm choosing you, Ivan, but whenever uh, and, and, and Nicole Castillo misses a shot, I'm like, nope, I know exactly why he missed that. His foot wasn't planted. His <laughs> hips were too out wide. I make those all the time. Don't even worry. Well, well, we'll have goalkeeper analytics for me, and then we'll have uh, forward analytics from Amy. So now we just need There to get go. defensive and midfielder ones. So it's, you take your pick, Christian. I'll I'll get the I'll get the midfield because I heard Dylan is a pretty good defensive coach. So. Oh, there you go. Circle formation, I believe, is his uh, favorite Sound like formation. That. Sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it uh, going back to the whole you know memo Ochoa thing. I think it was it, it was nice to see him in in America jersey again. It gave somewhat of a nostalgic feeling that you kind of have to pinch yourself a little bit to be like, is this really happening again? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're still just all kind of new to this but uh you know hopefully this whole you know rotational squad thing can fix itself pretty soon because i think the sooner we get a f uh, a set 11 the better the chemistry will be all around not just with the goalkeeper but i think everyone in regards to the starting 11 uh but yeah and who knows when when we'll get that. yeah that's that's uh, that sounds like a very good uh 2020 uh future right there it's like the, yeah it's like the, like the monsters like when they're beating up the toon squad and everybody's just like lined up and tweety's got like a little and here that's where we're at yeah, right that's now. pretty it's much fine. it well so tigres one injury fc one and uh we'll uh well i guess we'll call it a, a good point to walk out of the volcan and then we move on into the next game which was yesterday's game America versus Pachuca. Now, you predicted... Actually, no, you did not predict this uh, lineup, Christian. Uh, but we talked about it off uh, off air. And we talked about what this lineup could look like. And we, uh, I was at least surprised to see a back five. But then after mm -hmm. you I realized everything that was surrounding this club in regards to injuries, you kind of think to yourself, well, that's kind of something... That's kind of the best we have at this moment. Uh, were you surprised Honestly. at the lineup, Amy? Uh, not not really I mean I went back to check just to make sure like you know I was I, I, I shouldn't be surprised and I mean he did something similar the game before so it's like at this point I mean know, it's not it's, it's like you guys said it's a, we're, 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 we're we're at where we're at and that's yep. what it is we're in a world in which Ochoa returns and Paul Aguilar is turned into a center back yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's really a twilight zone era right now in america it's it's just we're, we're patching gaps with uh with whatever we can find it's like the boat is sinking but yet we're still keeping ourselves afloat somehow you know and and yet we're still undefeated, yet we're still undefeated. it's just i don't know and it's I not to say to that america has had an easy schedule because by no means necessary have these opponents been you know any any easy opponents it's not like we have we've had like you know veracruz juarez san luis like straight in a row like those are teams that we still yet to face so uh, i right. i think it mm -hmm. it's it does say a lot though and then we will touch upon that in regards to the fact that america continues to stay undefeated and uh, i don't know what the table is looking like right now because there is games playing right now but at the end of the day yesterday we sat pretty in second place correct yeah we're third right now we're third yeah right we're now. third right now Third, third, third. Yeah. for a team that's—if uh, if you guys ever play FIFA Career Mode, you're down to like your last, uh, your last reserves, and, and and you're just stuck with like the 62 overall rated players. I think that's where we're at right now, and yet we're still finding a way to get those points. Uh, interesting, but going into this game, uh, and I was talking to Dylan a little bit about this too. He said, "I I don't see how this game, America walks away with all three points." And I was trying to be a little bit optimistic, but I could see his point of view. But uh, he was right. I mean, he doesn't walk away with it. But I think it's because of the same thing. 
It's at the hand of yeah, it's at and, their own and yes, hand, though. And and right? it's the same thing that we talked about a couple uh, uh, episodes ago, Christian. It's America's lack of consistency to close out a game. We saw the same thing happen against Tigres in the League's Cup semifinal, right? Because you're not able to close yes. out a game, and because of your own uh, misfortunes and your own misdoings. <laughs> Four yeah. zero for America. So it's 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 and it's the same thing. It's these matches in which you can close them out and you don't. And then you end up making premature mistakes in the back. It's going to cost you. And it cost you in this match, right? And it cost you in the Tigres game as well. It cost you in the League's Cup. And it cost you against Atlanta. This is a reoccurring theme. We said we wanted America to have consistency. But I don't think this is exactly what we're going at in regards to this. I think we want them to be able to close out a game. Because let's face it, this game was flipped on its head from the opening minutes when Pachuca is conditioned with a red card. At this point... You think this right. before the red card? I believe everyone came into this game thinking these two sides are very, very well matched. Maybe Pachuca has an edge on America, even if they're the away team, right? Then you condition the team with a red card, and then you think, okay, maybe America has now a little bit more than uh, than Pachuca to win this game out. America then scores, and you think this should be a walk in the park for America from this point forward, but it's not. And I'm interested to think. I'm interested to hear from your guys' point of view what what and where do you think things went wrong for America, Amy? Uh, I mean, they just, like I said, they just lost it at their own hand, you know. that I think it starts from when uh, Roger misses the PK, to be honest, and then everything just kind of, like, didn't go to, at their hand from there. It, uh, Pachuca, at at the second half at that point was pressing so hard you knew that goal was coming you knew it you didn't know when and you hoped it wouldn't but it was going to come at some point and then of course Aguilera goes and gets himself a red and even more there's that pressing again there's that pressing a little bit more and it's not closing off Eric Aguirre uh, appropriately that ends up having them get the result so it's it's all dealt at their own hand where I think that um once again we're just saying they're not they're not properly closing the games they're not properly finishing their chances and it comes to bite them at the end yeah literally christian no yeah we're just not taking our chances as not as another key key thing you know there's plenty of moments where i could have counted that we should have been up maybe three nil four nil and it's just that lack of finishing ivan that you've mentioned before we just don't seem to have it in us and also, you add that, and you you add a player like Roger Martinez, who really wasn't having his game, and with all with all the with all the success he's been having, to have him have this off game kind of affected everyone around him in a way, and that also led to maybe some missed passes here and miscommunication there, and then like Amy just mentioned, you know, just the defense collapsing on that Pachuca goal is just it's just something we were kind of used to seeing our defense kind of collapse like that. In a way, and you know, it's uh, it's annoying, it's disappointing, and you know, it just it just can't happen. Now I'm looking at the momentum bar here, and I'm seeing it's all America, but maybe the last 15 minutes is all Pachuca. Right, and that's completely and after, appropriate. Yeah, right, and like Amy said, like after the Roger miss, it was all Pachuca basically. And it, I think it's all Pachuca after that Aguilera uh, red card, but it's ridiculous because you look at. Had really the stats here, and it, it's mind blowing that America wasn't able to walk away with three points at home, up a man for seventy odd minutes. It's it's mind blowing. It's one of those FIFA games in which you're just you're on top of your opponent the whole time, yet they still manage to get a cheesy late goal in the end. And you know it's. <laughs> 
yeah, so you break literally. your screen, like, or you think about he's, breaking your screen. Ready to break his screen because uh, I think he sent out the team with the right idea, with the right mindset. I mean, we said it time and time again, Christian. When America plays, we want them to take the game to the oppositional side, and that's what exactly what they did. Right, that that you saw from the get go, Roger, you know, running at defenders, Sebastian Cordoba trying to be a little bit more creative, trying to take on players, you know, taking shots and efforts, you know. I, I just it, it's interesting that we go back to the same topic is that America cannot finish their chances, and even when they do create their chances, some of their decision making is, is is very poor. There's times in which you know the players got into the box and they either try taking a very wild shot or they tried putting a pass where you wouldn't most necessarily need to make that pass. It's just it's it's very confusing that that you know. Granted, maybe yes, since these players don't have the uh, the the minutes behind them playing with each other, you know, week in and week out, you could see these kind of things happening. But still, you'd imagine that you know coming into this game, you'd be a little bit smarter on the ball. And that's the thing that America right. just hasn't been able to do in these past couple of games is actually be. I think the smartest player on the ball is Roger Martinez at this moment. Right, but he wasn't Pachua again. Right, but he wasn't Pachua again, though. Yeah. In my opinion. And that's a worrisome fact. Would you guys, would you guys agree, though, that he was still our best player on the pitch? Um, against Pachuca? Or who would you guys, who would you guys put? Um, nah. Piper I Piper yeah. Cordova there. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Piper Cordova. Uh. I, I have an issue with Cordova. Yeah, you, you notice that too. Okay, so it's it's very important to note this that someone that's not on the podcast regularly notices that Ivan has a vendetta against Cordova. Okay, look, I will say this though. He much, much improved in the Pachuca game, not so much the Tigres game. A lot of people were like, Oh, and a lot of people messaged me saying, are, are, hey, are, I was going full Mexican dad. <laughs> is, is, is Cordoba finally going to win you over? I was like, no, he got one goal. He was in the right place and he took a good shot. But go back to the whole game. He kept losing a lot of balls. He kept losing possession. He felt, felt very flustered. Right, Roger. And in this game, though, I, uh-huh. I felt that he had a lot of confidence in this game. He did take on a couple of players. Uh, I just His distribution wasn't the best uh, in set pieces. And uh, maybe there was one or two passes he could have done better, or taken a first-time shot instead of trying to, you know, play place the ball somewhere. But uh, I, I will say this though, yeah, I, I can see why the argument can be made as to why Cordova was our best player against Pachuca. But still, the fact that we're having this conversation is the worrisome part. Is how is it that we don't have, you know, anyone else in mind? Because Guido definitely was not man uh, anywhere near man of the match, you know, and. You can't give it to the youngster because he only had one shot, and funny enough, that one touch was a goal. Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I think uh, I think Sergio Cruz has it a little bit right in 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 the chat saying Cordova is a bit too green still. I don't know what your your take is that Christian. I mean, I mean, I I feel like he's. He's ready to be a starter for America, at least well, for right he, now. He has no choice. He has to be a starter right now. Right. No, no. But even <laughs> even though when players do start coming back, I still think he kind of earns really? his spot you, there. You you place him in front uh, of, a, I of do think. a Cachorro Sanchez? Yes. Now, granted, yes. He does have to come into the squad uh, so right, and win for his now, place. For but... right now. Yeah, exactly. For right now, yes. Yes. For right now, yes. He's, I, think, I think he's doing what he is asked to be done. So I, I, I think he's done a great job. Um, 
is it executed properly every time? No, but I no, also agree with I, exactly. I, think, so, I think he's a, a for effort. I think his effort is there. His effort's there, but you can only go so far on effort. Right, but if you're gonna, but you're saying if you're gonna compare it to the rest of the team, like you have to take that effort into high consideration. I'm gonna use that same quote next time when you, you when you're bashing on Renato Ibarra, and I'm be like, well, he was still running up and down the pitch. I'm giving him A for effort. Also, I, it's not it's not just because it's my first time on the pod. I actually I'm really weird. I focus on everybody's like I take everybody's opinions, especially I research. Like I was gonna be on the show, I researched you guys, and I saw the slander from Ivan on Twitter okay. <laughs> Cordova. So you know, <laughs> Christian, why are you getting why are you getting nervous, dude? <laughs> no, because I don't know. You say you researched me, and I think I gotta go delete some stuff now. So, so give me controversial minute, tweets from 2012, <laughs> something like that, maybe. It's all right. I'll personally DM you like, uh, Christian, what's What's this? What's, what's oh, okay? <laughs> as long as I get a heads up, that's all I ask for. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Cordova is still gonna be a topic of the rest of the season. I I, I do believe he's gonna mm. be an important role. Um, look, I, I mentioned I, I said it time and time again. I was a stickler with Edson Alvarez, and look, he won me over completely, right? So maybe Cordova can end up doing the same thing. You know, a year from now, maybe you know I have a little Cordova shrine behind me. Maybe you never know. You never know. We'll see. I just feel like. Oh, sorry. I actually, oh, no. I know I'm kind of cutting off, but I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on, um, especially because I covered him in the, sorry guys, yeah, I'm only mentioning it briefly, the MLS. But what's your what's your guys' take on Geo and what's going on with him right now? Uh, interesting, because uh, we're actually going to talk Geo a little bit, because we're, we're, we're going to talk about the injury players. Uh, but you know what, you brought him up, it's a perfect moment to, to talk about him. Um I am the only one that advocated for him when the rumors were <laughs> were surfacing. And I don't know if I still am the only one here advocating for him. Uh, look, I think he brings a lot to America. I think he brings something that not a lot of players can bring into this team. Um, granted, yes, he may have had maybe a pretty, uh, a, a pretty bad couple of years down at the MLS. You know, wasn't really, you know, wasn't really the player that the Galaxy wanted him to be. Um, but... Uh, I, I think he comes into this uh, America team knowing knowing what is expected of him, knowing what the institution is. Obviously, his dad played for for the team, and so he's he he he's been around the club even as a as a youngster. He's been around the team. He knows what uh, he knows what's going to be demanded of him, not just because of what he hears, but also you know his dad and everything that surrounded the club and his family. And then you have Pio Herrera too, a, a manager that that brought the best out of Gio. In, in 2014. So there's another player that I think Piojo has a good close connection with. And I think he can bring him out. And I think that's why you see Piojo not risking him. I think that's why you see Piojo easing him into this team. I think he knows. He understands Gio. He knows what, how to get the best out of him. And if he pushes him too much. And if he rushes him a little bit too much. He's not going to get that from him. So I think he's a great addition to the team. And I think he. Uh, I think slowly but surely he'll show us why he merits that number 10 jersey. Um, for me, I still need him to win me over. Uh, and the in the minutes that he's been given, I think he's done a, a good job. I'm not gonna say great; he's done good. Uh, but I, I need to see more, though. Uh, I think his his recent history kind of doesn't do him do him do yeah, him any that's favors. What I, that's what I was kind of getting at. Yeah. And I think I speak for the majority of the fan base. I think that maybe we do need to see more. And I, I'm actually excited for him to come back and uh, prove himself a little bit more. Yeah, because I was. I, I was, I, that's basically what I was asking the question to touch on that because I feel like, yeah, given the fact that I did follow him and the history that he had, it almost feels like please don't let that happen where you're just right. gonna mm-hmm. you're just gonna wonder 
hey, is he going to play this game or is he not? Like, Ivan is very, you know, positively in the narrative of like, oh, Piojo's not rushing him. But there's just that part of me that remembers him, you know, oh, sorry, he has a slight injury. He's not going to be available for this game that I'm just kind of like, I I just, especially because, yes, he came into this knowing the narrative that works against him, knowing that it's been a long time since he's played professionally. He had those glimmer of moments that Christian just mentioned. But the eerie part was that somebody actually, uh, somebody from from the Galaxy community found like his first goal with the Galaxy. And apparently, like, it's literally the same kind of goal that he scored for Sholos. (laughs) So I don't know. I just that's that's when it was kind of like I know what you're going at. (laughs) I'm just I'm sorry. I just want to know. Like you guys are way more passionate about this than me. That I'm like, yeah, this is such a huge institution, and there's so much pressure that for him to not live up to that expectation here in this environment would just be. I will say this. So I will say this. Um, he's gonna have. He has a lot more eyes on him than he than he did down in L.A. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's sure. that's that's going to help out a lot too to keep them in in check right. and balances. Hopefully, hopefully, and that's where I am. Hopefully, and I will say this though: even though I still need him to win me over, I think he's he he said the right things. You know, I uh, from all the interviews he's given, everything he's he said to everybody. You know, he he's committed. He he wants to go back to that old form. You know, he's he's determined. He he wants to because he kind of know this was kind of almost his last chance to kind of prove himself and i think he understands that so it's just i guess up to him to kind of fulfill that uh that self like self challenge that he has yeah we'll see we'll see hopefully the best for Gio, who uh will be back for uh for america after the international break i don't think he even features on the bench against atlas right christian i don't think so no all right so that's a little bit of a geo talk right there uh i guess we'll wrap up this pachuca game right. real quickly um Ultimately, it was a game in which, like we mentioned, America failed to, you know, close out the game because of their own downdoing. I will say this, though. Uh, I think in every single game that we've criticized America, there is one thing that we can take away from this that we can spin kind of to a positive narrative is that no team has walked on the pitch and walked over America. I think every goal that we've conceded or at least every time we look bad, I think it's not because the other team outplayed us or unfolded us in their tactical aspect i think it's because of our own downfall like amy said you know we crumbled within ourselves these mistakes are our are the our own downfall so i think it says a lot about america that you know yes even though you're not getting the results yes even though these last couple of games haven't been so great for you granted with everything surrounding the club with the squad that we've been putting out with the players that have been out on the pitch if you go back and you watch and analyze these games, you get a picture and you get a sense of what America has been doing well. And it's been planting themselves on the pitch, holding formation and closing off spaces. I think the perfect match to look at is the Toluca game. Toluca had most of the ball possession that game, yet not once did they look super dangerous on the ball. And whenever they did have opportunities, it looked like because of our, uh, of America's own mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you look at a game against Tigres, again, Tigres with most of the ball possession, and yes, they had some very good counterattacking moments, but they, whenever they were on the ball and trying to maneuver it and move it, and when America sat back, they struggled. they struggled to find those spaces. Yeah. They struggled to find Gignac. They struggled to open any channel to go through. And then you look at this Pachuca game, it's the same thing, because Pachuca didn't have most of the ball. America was smart enough to keep it. It's just, unfortunately... Heads go down after the penalty miss. Questions surrounding the players once the Aguilera red card goes. 
And that's when things start to go wrong and you have that one defensive mistake and then you get, you know, the goal from Pachuca in the last, you know, embers of the match. And unfortunately, that's the case. And that's football sometimes for, for America this season. I think, though, there's still that kind of positive narrative to take away is that at least at least the players know what they're playing at. The fact that they can't do it for a full 90 minutes, that's the most concerning part. But it's promising, at yeah. least, in that, that department. I'm so glad you're being so positive because I'm going back to what I said earlier. At what point does that, like you're saying, they can't do it at the full 90 minutes. So at what point does which team exploit the fact that they can, in fact, do it for the full 90 minutes? And that's where I kind of get slightly worried. But I I will say, yeah, you're making a very strong point where going into this, going into this game against Atlas, I kind of see that same thing happening. I don't think they're going to run over America necessarily, but they're going to push. And the question is, how long are they going to put? How long is America going to push? And how positive will that, will possibly the finishing in the final third be for them to hopefully get the, the majority of the points, which is what everybody's expecting or has expected from these last few games. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I, I see America doing well. Um, I think the only team we lose to is Veracruz. <laughs> and that's about it. You guys laugh, but I said it last time too, and I'll say it again. This time. You said it last year, and then we we won last last year. So. I'm going with what I was saying. Okay, I think Veracruz is the only team that can beat us. Okay, okay. something in them is gonna come out. But uh, no, I I think I think you're right though. I mean, at what point is is enough gonna be enough? You know, like I mentioned, we're just patching this team, um, and eventually someone's gonna exploit us. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But still, ultimately. Not the best result. America walks away with a 1-1 draw. And that is the end of that. America does end up uh, still undefeated. But uh, could you imagine what those uh, extra four points would have looked like on the table right now? No, yeah. No, yeah. It would have helped a lot, especially in the long run. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, then we're going to move on into our next segment real quickly because I want to get this. Uh, I, I want to get some... Uh, your take on on all this because this is your expertise, Amy. This is uh, your department. I'm gonna move over to the Lady Aguilas section of things now. Uh, I don't know if you we, you know, but uh, we do kind of focus on the ladies a little bit more heavily now than we did in the past couple of years. I do, and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy when I get to listen to the pod and I hear you guys giving little shout outs here and there to Lady Aguilas. Very well done. We, we we absolutely love what they've been doing down there recently, especially after the not so well season that uh, began for them. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it looks like they're starting to pick things up. Uh, did, were you able to catch the game on Monday? I was, I was able to catch it in between stuff as well. The Monday games, as uh, I, we're having a little debate right now, is Monday our Monday games cool because it kind of lets you focus on everything uh, Liga Mex Femenil, or is it still difficult because it is a Monday and how many people are actually able to one watch the games, the access here in the U.S., how many people are actually able to make it to the stadiums? Um, but I mean, it is what it is. We we get we know what we're going to get every Monday. We know how we're able to access it, um, but. That game is just showing, once again, the improvement that America is having. You said it, Ivan, perfectly. America was struggling at the beginning of the season. I was definitely worried. Adriana and I talk about it all the time on the Hour Football Pod. You know, at what point do we really start worrying about America? I know there were a ton of people, I think, by the second game or even or the third game that were saying it's going to be a long season. It's going to be an incredibly long season for them. They need to get it together. And you've been seeing that slow, gradual movement against a team like Cholos, who they themselves have been doing very, very well. And they've been 
been improving game after game. Um, so I'm happy. Um, I am incredibly happy. And I think their their real test is going to be their match against Monterrey next week. I think that that will be a true um, test of their improvements. Hopefully it means it's not a fluke. Hopefully it means that, you know, if they're able to, I don't see them getting a victory, unfortunately. Um, uh, Monterrey is just Monterrey. It's just a very good team. Um, so I hope that, you know, they do. I hope they're able to do well in that game but I mean Lucero Cuevas is getting back to her, her form she's doing extremely well you have a really great defender in Jimena Rios who just got called in for the sub 20 um, Daniel Espinoza also another great player so they're they're doing great this was their third straight victory um, Lucero Cuevas has four games and four matches so I mean four goals in four games so I, I don't know they're they're doing incredibly well um, given the way that they started and I, I hope that this run continues even if they don't get that victory against Monterrey I still see them I don't um, how do I put this I don't see them missing the playoffs is what I'm trying to say given how they're going now I see them I see them still being in a pretty strong form do you think they at least get a draw against Monterrey or no I don't, I mean, Desiree Montevice is just so good right now. She's just on a roll. Um, that, you know, that classic, that classical match against Tigres kind of showed that level that both of those teams are at that just nobody can kind of catch up to. Um, but uh, I, I know, no, I, I have to say it. No, I don't think so. I would love to. I would love to see it. it it's what makes, you know, Liga MX, regardless of men or women's fun. You, you'll have these these teams that push through. But right now, I, I don't think so. I really don't. Sad, sad. I know Dylan is crying out there with me once, <laughs> once you said that. But uh, uh, last two things we, uh, before, because I know you have to go. Uh, last two things in regards to the ladies. Uh, one, your take on Jen Munoz, uh, Jen, uh, Munoz and, and, her, and her impact <laughs> in uh, on this lady's side. I and two, the first ever Clásico Nacional is going to be playing in a couple of weeks. Your take on uh, on on the excitement that's surrounding uh, what should be hopefully an entertaining match. I mean, I th Jen Munoz. First of all, I I I am Adriana and I gab about this all the time. I am such a huge fan of the way that the Mexican American players have completely taken advantage of the opportunity that they had. Now that the, these rules have changed in the Liga MX Femenile, I think that she's an outstanding player. Um, I think that. She's giving that avenue. I mean, we've seen the narrative, not just her, but like I've said, all Mexican-American players. You saw Janelle uh, Farias, who I guess is going to go into what I'm going to answer next, you know, showing that passion of being able to score for their teams, playing for these big teams and, you know, having these moments to really um, just grasp the magnitude of what's going on. So fantastic player. I think she's she's definitely one to look to keep looking at and, you know, keep seeing as she improves. And in terms of, you know, kind of fangirling or just being overly excited about these changes, yes, you're finally going to get a Clásico Nacional because of the changes in the rules, which is no more group stages. The only time you'd ever see these two teams facing each other is if they advance to the playoffs. And now you don't have to wait for that. Now you're going to be able to see it now. Hopefully it's a good, exciting match. Chivas has... Um, impeccably improved from last season and I mean it in terms of structure in terms of the way their style of play has improved and so I think if America continues their form and so does Chivas I think you're going to have a very very good game in that and hopefully both of course both of the fan bases show up for that match because not only will it be two of the biggest teams or the two biggest teams facing off of each other but it'll be a Liga MX game 
a regular season game that you haven't seen before and a chance for the for the fans to really show up and support. So I think it'll be great. Definitely will be great. And uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit more from you in the upcoming weeks whenever that game does uh, surround us. But uh, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on to the pod. It was an absolute delight having you on here. We know you have to skedaddle. Uh, make sure you take that box of Gancitos over. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on by. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, have you, we'll have you back soon on the pod. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you guys for having me join. Like I said, I, I kept being bent and denying the invitation, <laughs> but I, I know what it's like to be on now. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for including the Liga MX Femenil, America Feminine team into the podcast. I think that's a huge way, like Adrian and I always say, to just give a platform to the women's side. And of course, just talk about soccer, talk about America, because it's in English, it, English content matters a bunch. Um, do I send my receipt for the Gancitos to the accounting department, Christian? Yes, you do. Perfect. All right. We're, 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 we're taking so it out of uh, Dylan's tuition. Yes, because <laughs> yes, he's not here, so he doesn't get his pay for today. So. Oh, Ravenclaws are, are very nice, so they'll yes. definitely be okay. <laughs> All right, thank you All so right, much, Thank Amy. you guys so much. Thank you, Amy. Bye. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, Miss and then there were Amy two from Fogmax Nation. Like you said, Christian, now there is two, and we're gonna focus now on these upcoming games. F- game for America because uh, yeah. it's, that's the last game before we get the international break, right? This is it. This is it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Alrighty, well, Christian, let's talk about America. Ivan, let's talk about you. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All righty. Then now, before though, before we jump into the uh, into the next game, into the preview for the uh, uh, the game against uh, Atlas, I do want to mention that uh, this game that we we're talking about uh, for the Lady Aguilas is going to be on Monday against Monterrey. It's going to be seven uh, Central Time, uh, five Pacific Time, and for you, Christian, it's going to be eight. Uh, Eastern time. So for these, those of you who are going to be walk, getting out of work uh, on time to go watch that game, I do urge you guys to go. The ladies are going to need all the support. You guys heard it from Amy. That Monterrey side is no joke whatsoever, but I want to be a little bit more optimistic. I think these ladies can get a result. I do think that they can get a scrappy win, but I would be more than okay with the draw. What do you think, Christian? Um, I think they can. It's going to be interesting because I didn't get to chime in there in the ladies' talk, but if, correct me if I'm wrong, but America has the best defense in Liga Mexicana and Monterrey has the yes, best offense yes. in Liga Mexicana. So this is another kind of element to add to the matchup, and I think it's going to make that matchup just 10 it times is, better. It is, and it's something that we kind of gla- uh, you know, glazed over, but uh, I'm glad that you brought it up too. This is a very mm-hmm. important game for the ladies to kind of cement the uh the, the importance and, and, and the kind of dominance that they want to have in this league. And what better way to do it than against a side that, you know, is highly regarded as the best side alongside the other the other Monterrey team in Tigres. So yeah. you know what? I, I have full faith in some of the ladies uh coming into this game. There's some that still need to give us a little bit more, but um I, I think you're starting to see these girls flourish and, and, and the team's starting to have a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more of a of an identity going forward and you know the fact that we're getting players back from injury uh you know it it, it should mm-hmm. be interesting and now we just wait for uh for everyone to be 100% and for when Vivian can come back to add to this firepower yes and like uh, yes and like uh like you guys uh, touched on you know the team is gradually growing gradually uh improving 
And I think that that should play another factor in the, in the, into this match. So um, just got to wait how, how All right. Do. So you guys can catch that game live on to the NA. will be broadcasted most likely. Don't take my word for it because if, if I do and then you guys tune in and all you guys see is La Rosa de Guadalupe, then that's going to be on me. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, make sure you guys do stay in contact with us in regards to, to everything. Lady Aguilas on uh, Resaca America US. And it uh, should be interesting. So uh, make sure you guys do hashtag Lady Aguilas on Monday morning right before you go to work. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and hope for the best for the ladies. But we'll keep you guys up to date on all things that. Now, let's jump into the men's side of things. America will be facing off against Atlas. And I don't know if it's going to be America or if it's going to be our Subente Christian. Help me out here. I don't know what's going on. We have plenty of injuries to talk about before uh. we get into this match. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. The fact that we're sitting here talking about a game in which we don't know what our full starting eleven is going to be. We know that we're going to have, uh, you know, very young, very young players on the bench and even on the pitch. What does that do to a team? Well, listen, like I, like I mentioned earlier, and I think I should have kind of worded my statement a little bit better, uh, you know, Certain youngsters, yes, like Cordova, have, have been taking advantage of their opportunity. But there's also players like Israel Garcia, Ramon Juarez, who, granted, hasn't uh, had a lot of minutes. But when they do, they, they haven't given the best performance. And that that's something I was kind of gearing towards to, like, these youngsters that don't get the minutes. But, you know, when when given, they're supposed to take advantage. A good example would have been, like, yesterday's um, Lopez. First touch goal, and then that's something you want to see but on a consistent basis. So if Herrera decides to put him in, I expect to see something, not not another first touch and then first goal, but, you know, kind of just a, a consistent performance by him. So, but like you said, though, you know, we have starters dropping like flies, and then these, these Subente kids are coming up. And now this is their time to shine. And I think, like you said, on Friday we're gonna see we're gonna see uh, quite a few. You know what? Let's talk let's talk uh, about those injuries a little bit before we get into the full match preview. Obviously, the biggest news coming out of the out of the out of Guapa today was the fact that Piojo uh, Pio, Piojo is the fact that Bruno Valdez. I'm already getting Piojo <laughs> injured over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, can don't. you imagine Piojo tears a hammy? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Imagine. You know what? Are they? And this is totally off tangent, but. Do you think he's still doing those exercises after training? Um, It'd be interesting I mean, to see if we can get someone. I right? hope. I I don't. I'm not, yes, but uh, I'm not. I'm not going to be trying to be mean here, but I don't really see any improvements. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I I hope I hope he's doing just just to better himself. But because you no, know, those videos were kind of funny Man, to watch. Someone uh, we we got to get uh someone that we know down there at Guapa and see if they can film Piojo doing some of those abdominal workouts. But um mm-hmm. yeah, the the biggest news coming yeah. out of this out of Guapa today was the fact that Bruno Valdez's uh eye problem is a little bit more serious than we thought. It looks like he might have to go right. uh, undergo surgery. And if that's the case, he might not just miss two weeks, he might have to miss three to four weeks. Now if it doesn't go to Correct. surgery, it looks like they're going to reserve the player for two weeks, which means he would be back in action after the international break. But after. if that's not the case and he does have to forego those four weeks, then guess what? That means that now he's going to be missed for two more jornadas rather than just you know missing him out for the international break, and that's about it. That's the worrisome part. The fact that now Bruno Valdez is added to that injury list. And on top of that, you have Emmanuel Aguilera who won't be in the game because of his red card. But But, but what? 
I there there are some rumors that the directiva might appeal the red card because as we seen the the, the replays, you know, it, they America does have a case. So uh, whether America will will try to appeal the red card yeah, is still yet to be determined. <laughs> but if they win, I mean, it's it's a day. It's anything can happen. Oh my goodness! Well, let's uh, let's jump into this game now. Now that we know that we are not going to be having Bruno Valdez, most likely not going to have Emmanuel Aguilera. Now you're thinking, what's mm-hmm. the center back partnership going to look like? What's the starting eleven going to look like? I'm interested to see what your uh, what your Christian uh, your Christian lineup is going to be. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so actually, you know what? Let's jump into this. America plays Atlas on Friday at the Estadio Jalisco. It's a night in Guadalajara, a big game and a big day for Guillermo Ochoa, who returns to his birth city. Uh, who, and it's it's a big mm-hmm. game for for him and his family. Uh, because for those of you who don't know yeah. this, his dad is actually an Atlas fan. Um, his dad's actually an Atlas fan. Then uh, at the time when they lived over there in Guadalajara, uh, obviously, you know, the family living over there, the dad was a, a Atlas fan. And then when they moved over to Mexico City, um, he still became an Atlas fan, but he knew that America's institution was there. That's why he put Ochoa in uh in, in the American institution because they were living there at the moment. But things could have been differently if they didn't move to Mexico City and he could have been an Atlas. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine so that, it's right? a pretty big game for him, pretty big game for his family. And the fact that he's going to be where, you know, where he kind of grew up uh, for a short period of time and where his family's from, I, I would imagine is a big is a big day for him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. It's crazy because, you know, his first three games back are all big games. You know, you had his debut, his return to the Aztec, and now his return to his home city. It's Ochoa Madness. No memo, no party. Around. No memo, no party. All righty. There you go. Christian, give us your predicted lineup, and then we'll talk tactics, and then what America uh, needs to do to walk away with a win. Because, yes, I said a win, and we need a win badly. We need a win badly, yes. So, I think um, for everyone who hasn't really followed the Subaint, I think there's a player here who I think will make a lot of people happy. So, I have Ochoa in net. Paul Aguilar, Carlos Vargas, um, and Jorge Sanchez on the, on, the other, on the other wing. But in the center back position, I had Vargas and this particular guy, Jaret Ortega. Now, I don't know if we'll get to start because I have not seen him kind of train with the first team, but I really do hope he gets to start because this is, a, this is the, the captain of of the Subente, he he has gone up. He's he has got the call up to the Mexican national team, and for Piojo to not give this kid a chance is is kind of it's it's interesting, and and I don't know why he hasn't because obviously I think this kid's ready for the chance, and I really hope he gets it this Friday. So I'm gonna throw out curveball and say Ortega does start. So Paul Vargas, Ortega, Sanchez, Guido, Oso Gonzalez, Cordova, Renato, Leonel Lopez, and Roger My Martinez. My goodness, what a starting eleven! Interesting to see what people have to say in regards to that in the chat, but I mean, I can't complain with it because there's nothing better out there, you know. <laughs> and then like you're you're gonna have a plenty of uh, I don't know Suvente kids on the bench, and that's how we're gonna go to, uh, Atlas, to Atlas, and we're gonna roll the dice on the youngsters, right? Let the let the babies play, and that's and let's hope they they respond. And let's hope they they respond. You know, this is an interesting type type of thing. 
and I, I know for those of you who've listened to this for a long time, I, I always hate to make these correlations with Manchester United and America, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Ferguson era where he kind of played with the youngsters, you know, the class of 92 with Scholes and Giggsy and all these players like Neville that, that you didn't have an idea of what these guys were capable of, but you knew they were talented to be, to be part of, you know, the institution. So I'm kind of getting this kind of same vibe, this kind of same feel for America, you know. You have Cordoba, who's coming off the ranks, who's already been cemented for a while. You have Ortega, who is this center back that a lot of people really do highly rate. Then you had this kid, Lopez, who just came into the team and scored a goal. I I mean, it kind of gives me bits of reminiscence of what could be. Um, And and these players, if they take the the right chances and if they explode at the right moments and, and, you know, they take it, you know, with, with the right adversity... They could be potentially starters for America in in the near future if they can continue to you know you know to put in the work. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's uh, it's funny how how you kind of correlate them to United because I'm kind of correlating them to Real Madrid right now because both both the teams seem to be plagued with injuries and you know starters dropping like flies and it's a it's a tough situation over there in Madrid. Uh, obviously, you don't keep up with them because you are not a Madrid fan, but I am. So that is the correlation I am making. And well, we just got to see how uh, how it goes. All I know is keep your hands off my Pogba. Uh, I mean, I think that's impossible. So, um, so he's safe <laughs> for at least this year. We'll oh, see you next my year. Goodness. Tune in to me and Dylan's Manchester United podcast soon to come. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, but it, it is kind of like one of those things where you're just like, wow, it's crazy to think that we're America and yet we're going to be fielding out such a young, such a raw, unexperienced, you know, starting eleven that you have to wonder, like, is it possible to walk away with all three points? Yes, I think it's possible. Now, it was possible. It was possible against Pachuca. Kind of blew it there. I mean, it was kind. Of, it was a little not as possible against Tigres, but it still could have been done. And that's a much. It's a, that's a much more vast and more complete squad than Pachuca. And I think we could have still pulled off the result, maybe late minutes in that match. Like I said, we could have beaten Pachuca, but we kind of screwed up at the end. Now we have Atlas. I think Atlas is kind of you know a lesser team than Pachuca and Tigres combined. So, um, I mean, I think I think Okay, yes, lesser in the sense, but did you see the game that they played against Tigres at home? They completely took that oh, game. Oh, yeah, to I them. did, yeah. And mm-hmm. the, granted, yeah. yes, Tigres maybe should have won that game if Guignac doesn't miss that penalty. Kind of correlates to what we had that game against Pachuca, right? That's what I'm saying. But uh-huh. still, they showed a lot of garras. They showed a lot of wit. I think that this Atlas side is no joke. I think we're going to have to be on our toes. We're definitely going to have to be worried uh, about uh, potentially getting a bit on the counter for them. But I think, I think if you have a player like Ortega come into this game and cement himself as a strong center back... I don't think you have an issue much with the attack. The only thing I do worry is Paola Aguilar. Right. Right. And Carlos Vargas. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the two weaklings that I see. I would right. say George Sanchez, right. but then I know what you and Dylan are going to be start talking about. But um, <laughs> I, I expect a big game from him this game as well. But is Paola Aguilar mm-hmm. just hasn't been Paola Aguilar for the past yeah. uh, for the past yeah. couple of games for this whole season. Let's be honest, even preseason. Must be. Um, that's the worrisome part for me that I think we're very exploited out there on the right because he just doesn't track back the way he used to, right? He gets lost going up forward. He gets lost in his own positioning. And it's it's interesting because, you know, 
a lot of players when they come to the to, to the later part of their careers, when the legs aren't the same, when your speed is not the same, when your recovery is not the same, you start playing it smarter. You start playing position instead of actually going up and down the pitch. And that's something that Paolo Aguilar right. just hasn't. You know who he reminds me so much of? Do you remember El, El Gringo Castro? Yes, who, who can't forget it? Does he not give you that reminiscence of when Quite Gringo bit, Castro's yes. career was deteriorating? It was the uh-huh. same kind of situation with him. I think that's where Paul Aguilar is going right now. Yeah, and it's a shame to see because, you know, Paul Aguilar ha- has given us some great years and, you know, his his bad form ha- has been uh, has been catching up to him and a lot of a lot of fans are kind of, you know, just giving give him a hard time and, you know, I, it's understandable why they are doing it, but at the same time, you you got you got to feel for the guy since you know, like I said, he's had he has given us some some pleasant moments. Definitely, definitely. But hey, you never know; he might just score like a freaking thirty yard, you know, long range shot to win us the game. Like the one against, like the one against Chivas. Yeah, or the one against years back. Uh, Tijuana. I don't know if I you remember that. Tijuana. Game. That um, was We were down I'm nine men. Sure. We were down to nine men at the Estadio Caliente. Yes. Last yes. couple of minutes. Boom. Scores a long range effort. Oscar Rojas, that's a name too. That's a name. That's yeah, I remember Oscar Rojas as well. Uh, Another player that deteriorated yeah. down down the left back position. But he reminds me more because mm-hmm. it's a right back and you know, Ingo Crasto was also a right back and all that stuff. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting to see what uh what Paulo Aguilar is capable of in this match. But I think besides mm-hmm. the defense, I, I mean the midfield looks pretty good. I, I mean I I don't have eh. any complaints. If Cordoba can be on his A game, if also can be good with uh, with Guido Rodriguez, I don't see how that could be an issue. Um, Lopez, I think he if he gets a good couple of balls in and if he gets a good couple of touches, yeah. he can grow confidence in the game. Um, and then Ibarra, I think it, it it pains me to say this, but we have to put all the responsibility on him and Roger. On him and Roger, yeah. I mean, it's not like we haven't done that in the past with Renato Ibarra. But that, I mean, that's what I'm going at is that that we kind of become predictable at that point. Right. I mean, but we haven't kind of done that this season, so maybe maybe Atlas wouldn't really expect it. But then again, maybe they might be smart enough and say, okay, listen, there's a limited America squad. You know, they're probably going to play their two best players in Roger and Ibarra, so let's just kind of focus on them. It could happen. I, I see where you're going with that, but... I think if Renato can kind of catch fire, and I hope he does, and I hope he catches it quickly, I I, I do think that he can uh, still cause some some trouble for for Tigres, uh, Tigres for Atlas uh, is uh, back line. So now that's my question: is besides these two players, Ken? who else needs to step up? And I think there's um, no other name that should be said but Sebastian Cordoba. Sebastian Cordoba, yes, I do I do agree with you. Um, even though you don't agree with me, uh, I think he had a he had. A great game against Pachuca, and I just need him to repeat that against uh, Atlas. Um, but besides that, though, I do think that also Gonzalez. I, I didn't really mention it against that uh, when we were preview, uh, reviewing Pachuca, but I think also Gonzalez got a had a very fairly decent game, probably his best game in an America uniform, and I think he needs to keep that up, especially because I know I don't know how many people are going to hate me right now. Please don't hate me, but I don't think Guido played his best game against Pachuca. I think he was very very out of position. He was losing a lot of balls, getting dispossessed. Something we don't, we're not. I'm not used to seeing of Guido Rodriguez these past couple seasons. And you know, could it be a lack of um, lack of rest? Because you know, this team has played an awful lot this month, and I think it's starting to catch up to them. So that could definitely be a factor. So I think if also Gonzalez can kind of 
step up and uh, repeat that same performance. I think, like you said, I think the midfield should be fine. But I think Cordova and Lopez are the two players that really, really need to step up if we want to kind of win this game uh, comfortable. And, and I usual. think it's simple. To win this game, you have to go into this and don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. Go into this game, play the simple right. balls, play the small passes, open up spaces, and without further ado, you're going to get yourselves in some very good open opportunities. Star, the one thing I don't want to see is America start playing long ball United. You know, oh, no. don't launch oh, no. the ball, yeah, yeah. don't divide mm-hmm. it, no need to force a 50 50 ball. Uh, it just play smart, play with your feet, play with your head, and keep the ball on the ground. Um, and take uh, take shots from outside the box. I think that's going to be important too. You know, Guido almost had himself quite a yeah. quite a screamer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I, I need to see more shots from him. Uh, better shot accuracy from also. Please, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, because I really do need, yeah. uh, I really do need you to get those shots on target. Um, and Leo too, uh, you know, get, get. yeah, Leo too, Cordova as well, because there were key moments in that match, in the Pachuca match, where he tried to be a little bit too fancy, a little bit uh, flary, where he could have just easily taken a one-time shot, and you know, just t- test the waters, test the luck, you know, what one of those yeah. is bound to go in. And uh, Roger, what do we expect from Roger in this game? Ah man, just a. Uh, overall have a better performance in the Pachuca game. That kind of was a little bit disastrous, in my opinion. He just got dispossessed way too much. And, you know, we're used to seeing Raj, especially in these past couple of games, kind of just kind of fly by these defenders, you know, really out-dribble them, you know, in a, in a way that kind of amazes us. And I, I need more from that. I need that to happen again. And he needs to be the one creating it if he's not the one scoring. All righty, then. That's, uh yeah, pretty much it in regards to that department. All right, Christian, give me your predicted scoreline for the game against Atlas. What are you going with? Last game before the international break, I think we really need to get off, uh, you know, kind of head into the break as a positive note. I'm going to be a little bit optimistic here. I'm going to say 3-1. Three, three, one. One. Wow, where are these goals coming from? Because <laughs> I don't see three goals. I I, I I think Renato catches flair. I think Roger gets one in. And, you know, I think Cordova gets, uh, gets another one. Wow, no clean sheet for Memo. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but you see that defense, and you're just like, yeah, as well. something. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope he gets the clean sheet. You know, I think that'll do wonders for the whole team, not just for him. So three, three one. one, I'm going America one Atlas zero. I'm giving Memo that clean sheet, and uh, somehow we score a goal. Somehow, somehow, somehow. we don't know from where. Maybe it could be from another another youngster that just comes in and. Kind of, kind of shocks yeah. us. That could be the case. That would be interesting. Hopefully, the youngster who scored the goal, Lopez, gets in, uh, uh, gets in the bench again, and he can come in and have a pretty good second yeah. half. I, I don't think I would bet against that with, uh, with especially how limited we are. <laughs> I was like, I think he has to be on up. the bench. <laughs> I think, I think just call up the whole, the whole under twenty team just, just to be, on, to the be on the bench on the safe side there. Alrighty then. Well, that is our prediction. You guys can follow all of that live throughout the whole game if you guys are unable to watch it because you're down at the club. Well, well, I guess you could be at the club then because it's only gonna be yeah, it's, it's Friday, Friday night. night. You could be out. You could be doing your thing. And if the if the bar isn't out Same. showing the game, then you guys can always follow it on Twitter with us at Resaca America US. And if you guys uh, want to see everything in regards to our pictures, go at Resaca America underscore US. Follow us on Instagram. So. Without further ado, Christian, let's close out the show with a bit of transfer talk. Transfer talk, yes. Something the fans fans love. love. And something we have to acknowledge because guess what? 
as of time of recording, it is August 28th. That means that America yeah. has three days, three days to sign someone before the end of the transfer window. What does that mean? Well, that means that America is literally at crunch time. And yet, we're always doing this. Mm-hmm. We're always like four, five, six jornadas in, and we're still talking about bringing in a player. How is this possible? Well, I think this season, well, I think this season I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide just a little bit, only because due to the lack of you know the injuries and the players leaving. And I think just puts America in an awkward situation. So for this season, for this season only, I'll let it slide. All righty. Well, Christian, give us the latest news and updates as to who could be coming to America to join Roger up top in goal. Sure. So a few hours ago, uh, a player named Diego Roland was uh, was caught on Instagram posting a picture of him on an airplane flying to uh, La Ciudad de Mexico. And, well, it looks like he... He's on his way to talk to America representatives to, for a possible loan with an option to buy is the news that I heard. So here we go. Diego Roland could be joining America in the, in the a next couple, couple of days. Out in, uh, in Mexico saying that everything should be finalized by Thursday, tomorrow. So tomorrow's a big day for America in tomorrow. regards to signings because let's face it. Then you have the game against Atlas. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen that day most likely. Yes. Then you have the weekend. You don't really do much transfers on the weekend unless you're really going to go down to the crunch, uh, to the crunch deadline. But you don't really want to do that, do you? So I think tomorrow's a big day for no, America. And give me the name of a center back that could potentially be coming to America. Yes, this one I'm excited about, and I really hope it comes to fruition. The the young center back from Argentina, Alan Franco, um, is rumored to come to America. Supposedly negotiations are paused for as of right now. Due to, I think the, they just can't agree on a fee, but I think America kind of has the leverage because if we you know we do recall this team that America is negotiating with kind of owes us a little bit of money. So I think America should use that in their favor to kind of lower the price for the center back. And if all goes well, Alan Franco will also be an America player in the next. With those couple two of days. players, do you think we're content with what uh, with what we can do with the rest of the season? I think with those two players, with all three players, and because we haven't talked about the new one that is official, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure you'll mention it in a bit. I think with all these three players and the players coming back, I do think we have enough squad to compete definitely, for the Definitely, definitely. And then we'll close out the show with the biggest news of this week in regards to the transfer rumors and to the transfer officially uh, going through. It is the Paraguayan midfielder, which is Richard Sanchez, a.k.a. El Cachorro. Which, funny enough, he does kind of look like a, mm-hmm. like what, like a pug or something? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But these, these these guys always have weird names. Um, But yeah. regardless of what his name or how he looks like, he looks like uh, he plays like he, he, he he's a really good player. Talented. Piojo said mm-hmm. himself he's going to have a lot of qualities and traits to Mateo Suribe. Someone that a lot of people highly rate down in Paraguay and a lot of people that highly yes. rate him in South America. Interesting. Are you happy? You content with the signing? I'm actually very content. At first, I was a little bit iffy because I mean I knew who he was before, and you know I was like, eh, you know he he seems like a kind of up and down kind of guy, but you know after after consulting with a lot of people, you know uh, my my friend that kind of actually follows uh, Olympia de Paraguay, the team he was How do you uh, know formerly all these on. From South America, you know, he, man. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. New, New York is an in- interesting place. I have Colombians. I have, you know, everyone. So, um, so yeah, so he's actually a fan, and he was telling me that, obviously, he is our best player. He seems like the biggest prospect in Paraguay, and there's just big things for him. And, obviously, the player himself is very, very excited to come to America. He understands the institution that he is about to play for, and I think that that's, uh, you start off on a positive note there, you know. He's going to give it his all, and, you know, we, we should see him very, very, very shortly. Now- with all these signings coming in, we're excited, we're happy, but let's face it, they're not going to be starters right away. No, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but it's like anything else, though. They're going to have to kind of weasel themselves in into the starting lineup, and with uh, through hard work and, and determination, and uh, well, I think that that's what they were brought on for, you know, to 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 kind of get to work very very fast and see if they they fit in the starting eleven. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, hopefully they can adapt and come into the team soon because I, I think America needs them since yesterday. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's face it. But already then, ladies and gentlemen, we'll close off the show there. We'll keep you guys here no longer. Thank you for joining us so much on this episode on this Wednesday night. Now we usually are here on Tuesdays. But since America's had so many games throughout this week, so many double jornadas kind of, you know, games, it's... uh. It's, it's had to be a little bit rearranged here on the Eagle Eye Podcast. But we should be back next Tuesday. It is an international break, but we will have plenty to talk about in the Atlas game. We will have a Clásico Nacional to preview because there is going to be a friendly in Chicago. Questions still in the air as to whether or not we're going to be able to go and cover that game. We will let you guys know. But even if we're not down in Chicago, we will have you guys updated on all things in regards to that match. And uh, Christian, anything else to add? Um, no, I think, I think we, we've covered it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much to Amy for coming on to the show. Unfortunately, I had to uh, dip a little bit early. Thank you, Christian, for always coming out here. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, it's my pleasure, you know. Favorite, Favorite time, time of the week. week. Uh, Dylan, if you're watching this, we hope you're, you're, you're finding yourself comfortable down at Hogwarts. And to everyone who's watching, thank you so much again. It means the world to us. And uh, we'll see you guys very, very soon. For those of you guys listening to iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Spotify, thank you so much for making it this far into the episode. And as always, we, uh, we completely, completely love the fact that you guys tune in and listen to us. Uh, well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... We'll see you guys until next time. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Keep you guys up to date. We'll see you guys again on Friday over there on Twitter. And we'll talk next week here on the podcast. Until next time, take care. And as always, as always, Arriba America.